0: This segment is sponsored by the Dentistry Academy, led by Dr. Hisham Sherrigan and his team. Dentistry Academy is providing free, yes, free online world-class education to young and experienced dentists with their 2020 dental fast track. Be sure to visit dtacademy.ca to register for upcoming lectures. If you've missed it, they've got you covered on their YouTube channel. Just search Dentistry Academy. That's D-E-N-T-I-S-T-R-E-E Academy. Welcome to the Mastering Dentistry Series on the Newbie Dentist Podcast. This podcast will focus on providing value to dentists who are striving to learn, evolve, and master their trade. Your hosts are Dr. Ziad Hamad and Dr. Ricky Hamami. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mastering Dentistry Series with the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ricky Hamami, and I'm excited to be hosting a jam-packed episode with an outstanding clinician, business owner, entrepreneur, and all-around great person. I had the privilege of meeting this individual by sheer coincidence about a year ago. While we were working on our online educational platform, dentist 2 Be, my friend Ziad and I came across someone who was also releasing an online educational platform. for endodontics Uh, so within a few messages on instagram we hopped on a call and talked for a few hours about our journeys and immediately developed a friendship my friend graduated from the university of maryland dental school in 2001 and attained his certificate in endodontics in 2003 he is a clinical assistant professor in the department of endodontics at the university of illinois chicago he served as president of various endodontic associations He was honored by the Seattle study club as a top 10 young dental educator in America in 2017. He also owns and operates a thriving private practice limited to endodontics in Niles, Illinois. And finally, he's the founder of the online educational platform access endo. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to introduce my friend, Dr. Brett Gilbert.
1: Wow. Ricky, thank you so much, man. I'm so excited to be here. And, um, Yeah, it's it's just so amazing to make these relationships really special relationships, uh, maybe even in some ways more special when you haven't met in physical person and you allow yourself and, you know, your dreams and your personality to come through. And then I've had a great opportunity to have some of these IG meetups and things where I meet the people for the first time. And it's amazing how close you feel. So I really look forward to that first high five and bear hug with you, my man. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm excited i'm very excited where, where is it going to be i don't in canada or the u.s or maybe wherever where,
1: wherever it is it's going to be a good time
0: <laughs> exactly i agree so uh, i think there's so much to talk about because you're not only a passionate about dentistry and, and endo but you also have this beautiful passion for life outside of dentistry uh, and i think that's what our podcast is going to focus on this episode. Because I know in these tough times with COVID, this would provide a lot of insight for listeners. And, and I know you're such a positive person. So that's, that's what I want to focus this episode on. Hopefully we'll have one more about clinical endodontics in the future. By
1: all means, let's do it. Let's
0: do it. Okay. So let's, let's take it back. You're a young guy, maybe a couple of years back when you were thinking about going into dentistry. What made you get into dentistry? And uh, I guess we'll take it from there.
1: Yeah. So dentistry has been part of me from the day I was born. My dad is a dentist and, you know, I don't know if it was through brainwashing or osmosis, but I literally can never remember really truly considering any other career. Like I was always going to be a dentist um, probably partially because I wanted to be like my dad, but he would always say things like, you know, look, you know, I'm home a lot. I, I, I make my own hours. I don't have to essentially answer to a boss. Uh, I get to help people. I spent a lot of time in his office as a child and just really always felt at home with dentistry. So that was almost never something I wavered from. So I had a very strong influence as an as an early early, you know, you know, my your dad is like, you know, a huge part of your life and so Being a dentist was always my plan. It's crazy to look back now and realize that, that, you know, even, I mean, probably as young as like seven years old, like if you'd asked me what I was going to be, I would say, I'm going to be a dentist. So it's really ingrained in me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So
0: was he, was he a general
1: dentist or? Yeah, general dentist. And that was always you know, the plan. I would become a general dentist. I would join my dad's practice in Baltimore, Maryland, which is where I'm originally from. Mm-hmm. And that plan felt right for a long time until it didn't. And then fortunately, my dad was very open to the idea of me treading out my own path and supported me in every way with that. And ultimately, endodontics just sort of appeared you know it was it was almost like well after three maybe three months of dental school ricky i you know would be in the labs and i would just think to myself you know i i would rather be an expert in one thing than try to do everything and my dad was the opposite he would have much he would much rather do everything than be sort of cornered into one thing so we all have our personalities so we went and he sent me off to all his specialist friends and I went around and I went to ortho and I knew right away that wasn't for me. I went to oral surgery, it just seemed like a lot of school, more than I was willing to put in. I went to perio. I had a, actually my girlfriend at the, at, that I had had um, in high school and her dad was a very prominent periodontist in Baltimore. And he was always like, Brett, perio, perio, you got to go into perio. And I'm like, yeah, but I really like endo. He's like, what do you want to waste your life on endo for? It's, it's mindless. It's this, it's that. And he did it with love, with a lot of love. But um, ultimately, he's like, all right, right, we'll do endo and then do perio. And I was yeah. like, you know, when I went, Ricky, to visit the endodontist after going through all of these visits, and he was working through a microscope, a guy named Dr. Barry Jurist. He's no longer with us. Awesome endodontist. Awesome guy. I was in mm-hmm. that room for about five minutes watching him through the microscope. Uh, exchanging files and rotaries. And he was showing me all these videos he had through the microscope of doing surgeries. And literally I remember it to this day. It was probably like 1998. I felt like I got struck by lightning. I was like, this is what I want to do. And so mm-hmm. I immediately switched gears. Cause you know, you go into dental school thinking you're going to join your dad's practice. Your motivation level is <laughs> different than when you're like, okay, I want to, I want to try to compete with, you know, other people, other doctors that are you know looking at one of the most you know sought after specialties in endodontics i got to really get myself in gear and so i took my student you know uh, capacities to a whole new level and it was all with this goal of becoming an endodontist and man so grateful i did that
0: that's awesome that's and that's one thing i've noticed about endo is even in school the one specialty that that our teachers loved, like the one all the endodontists loved their job they never complained like we had Prosthodontists, that would say, don't go into pros and, you know, all the other specialties. I think endo and and maybe even uh, maxillofacial surgery, I think that's, those are the two that I haven't really heard anyone really complain about becoming them. Well, I think it's, I think it's great because it shows through. And I think our, with my education, endodontics was probably the best taught in our school.
1: Yeah, that's super cool. And I, you know, I did, I haven't done as many recently, but last year I did a number of, I called it three questions with Dr. Brett Gilbert and I would invite colleagues from around the world for three questions. And the first question was just what you asked me, which was, you know, what was your inspiration to go into dentistry? And then ultimately why endo? And surprisingly, I mean, and this was across the board, different ages, different parts of the world. It was that same thing. It was that when I was in dental school, the endodontists just seemed the most passionate about what they did. They just seemed to love it. And it really is for me, like especially right now. I mean, Ricky, what what we've just been through with, you know, and obviously we're still going through it, but still the first couple weeks of COVID, right? The shock, the awe, the realization that I still had to get in my car, drive to my office and treat patients it was very, very scary, but we, the endodontist really stood tall. I mean, so it, it's a passion. It's a, it's a community of like, if you get into a conversation about endo with an endodontist <clears throat> you could go on for like six hours. I mean, there's just so much fuel and love there. And to see endodontists and there was an article that was released, I believe this week that talked about sort of a recognition of how important the role of the endodontist is in our overall society because of the pain, And because that's what we do. So not that I was not already like beyond proud to be a part of endodontics, but after this experience, I just, I'm in awe of my colleagues and our training and how important it is that we're available when patients are in pain. And I think it also speaks to why I'm so passionate about educating general dentists on endo as well, because it it can't just be the endodontist that can serve this role. Dentists have to push themselves into getting more training so that they also can adequately, competently, and most important, confidently provide these types of treatments when patients are in pain.
0: I agree. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, everyone's done such a good job so far with, with helping out with COVID and stuff. So hats off to you and, and everyone out there as well. That's helping out. Ask your thoughts on how residency was and, and um, how the, how was how it different from dental school? And I know a lot of people ask that kind of question. Uh, did you enjoy it? I know some people go through a tough time going through residency and I've talked to others where they've thoroughly enjoyed it. So how was that?
1: First of all, it's a great question and <clears throat> I've never been asked that question ever. Really? <laughs> and I really appreciate it. It just brought me back. Residency was hard for me, really hard for me. Um, it was a tough time. And I'll tell you why. So I was able to get into residency, endodontic residency, right out of dental school. So I went same school, University of Maryland. I somehow, by, by grace of Dr. Tom Dumshaw, an amazing man who's also passed and who I really do consider my endodontic mentor, he accepted me into the program right out of school, which was not commonplace at that time, but he obviously saw something in me and and it was great. And so you know when you want to be great when you want to do your very best and you're not really fully trained yet it can be very difficult and i found that to be the case so i was very hard on myself i think this is very common at that stage of our lives i've obviously continued to work on myself a lot and continue to do so right up to this very moment i'll always continue to better myself but at that time it was really hard because you you feel like you need to put up a strong face like you have it under control But deep down inside, you don't, you know, you're not confident you, you know, you make a mistake or, you know, let's say you perforate a tooth or something goes wrong. And I mean, you, you beat yourself down. I won't even say beat yourself up. I'll say beat yourself down. And I did a lot of that. And it happened to be that the way that my class shook out, I was in a a residency class of five, three of the five had been in private practice for almost 10 years and had decided to come back. So those dentists were very experienced. So now I'm in the room with more experienced dentists while I'm really green. You know, I did about 15 cases in dental school. I was a clerk. So that actually allowed me to probably do about 10 or 12 more cases than most dental students at my school. And I just was green. And so residency was a challenge. Now, it's a beautiful time because you're just immersed in literature and learning and science and practice and it was an amazing experience for me, but it was hard because it's one of those where it's like, you think about like being a caterpillar and like, you know, going into a cocoon and coming out a butterfly, you know, that's ready to fly and practice endodontics. And so that transformation is, is incredible when you think about it. But still, when I got into private practice, also, I found it to be very hard. I was very critical of myself. And instead of learning from my mistakes, I would bury myself under my mistakes and that's why, truthfully, Ricky, I think mentorship is so important. And I think that what I told myself in those days, those early days of practice, when I didn't really have anyone sort of putting their arm around me and being like, Brett, you know, look, it's learning. Like, you got you to gotta, you gotta learn. You got to go through these, you know, these times. You, you have to take what you can that's positive out of each thing, because that's what's going to make you great. And because I didn't have that, I kind of mentally committed myself to being that for others going forward, that young doctors were all trained. You know, Ricky, I mean, we're trained as perfectionists in school and and perfection is impossible. So you're being trained to live up to an expectation that's unattainable. And so it's a constant self-judgment. It's constant, you know, um, just criticism and it's the wrong approach so we want to focus on excellence right i i practice excellence excellence is accepted perfection is of course the goal and occasionally you might hit it right like when you hit a great golf shot or i see some hockey sticks back there so when you slip one right in in the corner over the goalie's shoulder but in reality we have to be focused on excellence and so to get back to your question as a man that was, so I was 28 when I finished. So 26, 27, 28, I was just trying to figure out like, what, what was life going to be like for me? And that's the other. So that, that was the endo part, right. That you asked me about, but I want to step back to recognizing where I was in my life. You know, 26, you know, I was, you know, always wanted to get married. I wanted to have a family. I was born and raised in Baltimore, but I always wanted to live in Chicago. It was like, I was just the same way I wanted to be a dentist. Once I was about maybe twenty years old, I wanted to live in Chicago. My sister had lived here for a while, and so I like just was like sort of like in a hurry to get started with my life. And I felt like residency was sort of an in-between step between school and real life. Um, so to answer your question, overall, I look back in those days in a very positive way because I learned a lot about myself. I had to dig deep. I had to really, you know, teach myself how to perform. But in general, I would say a residency is what it should be, right? You get in there and you got to work really, really hard so that when you, when you leave, you're not an, necessarily an expert yet, but now you have the foundation to with your own self-teaching and self-study and continuing education that you can now grow into a true expert. And it takes a while, but man, it's totally worth it. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing.
0: That's amazing. And, and I love that how you call it excellence and not perfection, uh, because I, like I haven't worked for, for much, but the first month I was working, there's a lot of things that I mean, things do go wrong, and, and things don't always go as you anticipate. And exactly what you said, we've just been trained as, as perfectionists our whole life. You always try to give 100 percent, but sometimes things are out of your control, and, and things do happen. so I love that that I'm gonna remember that forever, excellence, not perfection. That's, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, so, so the, the true quote, and I, I saw it in a lecture, it is that uh, perfection is the goal, but excellence is tolerated. Yeah. And that's sort of the, 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 the quote that I, that I take that from. I
0: like that, I like that a lot. I also like that you mentioned how it's kind of, it was kind of the, a middle step into your life, and you had all these other things, and how you wanted to get married and whatnot. So I don't know if specialty is what it was before, the other thing is that tuition for dental school is so expensive. Um, residencies aren't cheap either. Some, some of if you were graduating, um, if you graduated last year, would you have still done an, an endodontic residency, do you think?
1: Yeah, I would. I would. And, and it, I think it goes back to that personality. I mean, look, there there are a lot of people on the face of the earth. There are plenty of people for each dentist. And so, although it is very competitive in different parts of the the world, you know, especially in in the more metro areas, there's a lot more competition. And I mean, the, the cost of education is a whole nother discussion. I'm happy to dive into that with you too. But I think it's important that some, you know, super GPs, you know, those, like I was saying, like my dad, like where you really just you want to grab a hold of everything, you're an excellent dentist, you, you, you've got it all together, and you can actually perform on a high level in a lot of different areas, I think that's awesome. I mean, I think that's awesome. I don't think that that's uh, real prevalent. I think that those doctors are pretty rare species. So I think in general, specialization has become a bigger part. Like For instance, when my dad was coming out, let's say he graduated late 60s, you know, into the seventies and eighties. I mean, really the difference between an endodontist and a general dentist, there wasn't a huge distinction other than probably a better knowledge base and a better experiential base. But as far as technology, I mean, everyone was spinning hand files and using gutter percha and sealer. There wasn't microscopes, there weren't CBCTs, you know, there weren't any of these special technologies. And so I think now as technology continues to grow you see that there is a huge separation between what a GP can accomplish in endodontics and what a specialist can accomplish. And so, uh, you know, that's really the big thing. So I think it's all really comes down to case selection, Ricky. I mean, the reality is, is there's so many cases to be done. And the way the statistics almost always fall out year in, year out, is that only about 25% of endodontic cases are performed by specialists. So that leaves 75%. That need to be done appropriately so that patients can save their teeth. So there's room for everyone. And that's why, again, I'll go back to it. Why I've just, I'm very, very passionate about teaching general dentists how to do endo better because 75% of cases need to be done well the 25% by specialists i feel great about mm-hmm. it's the 75% that you know we don't want to lose teeth to implants just because the skills weren't there just because it was the easy way out right it's a definitive thing when you pull a tooth out there's no record of the mistake you know it's gone there's no record of the broken file the 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 per the perf- perforation through the furcation, all of the things, the short fills, right? You just pull it out because you don't want it to be there anymore. And that's not a service to the patient. So to answer your question, which is, you know, is, are the, is, is specialization still relevant? I think in all honesty, it's more relevant today than ever
0: before. Yeah. And that's awesome. You have the right mindset and that's the key to it. Um, even, even with the finances and with the, the high these days, I, I definitely think it's still worth it. If you're doing something that you're very passionate about, the money is like a fourth or fifth thing. It'll come eventually if you're if you if you're passionate about it, I think. So let's let's kind of switch it around. Let's talk a little bit about social media. It's been amazing. I've got to meet awesome people and I was lucky enough to meet you. I think it was like, it was uh, right before exams um, and I saw your, your platform and I was like, we got, we got to get in touch. And so, yeah, that's how we got in touch, which was, which was awesome. We hopped on a call. I and mean, I think we talked for at least an hour. Um, we, had, we didn't even know each other. Um, so it was awesome sharing our journeys because you obviously have a platform called Accessendo, which we'll get into after as well. So talk to me a little bit about social media and, and how that started for you.
1: Oh man, it's mind-blowing. and um, <clears throat> yeah, And I'm so <laughs> grateful that you reached out too. I mean, that was really I've done that to others, you know, where you feel drawn to someone and you just feel a connection and you just reach out and then it turns into this great friendship. And so you did the exact same thing for me and I'm so grateful that you did. So social media for me was like, honestly, it was an exercise in repulsion for most of my life until late 2017. I mean, I consciously, along with my wife, never joined Facebook. I was never on um, Instagram. I didn't do anything. I honestly had joined Twitter in maybe 2012 to feed my information crave. But the reality was, is that I actually was pretty turned off by social media. I just didn't see why I needed to open myself up. And that was probably very consistent with who I was in my life at that point in time, you know, sort of a protective layer, a, a lot of them. And, so late 2017, I had a new associate that started with me, and she encouraged me. She's like, Brett, you really should jump on. Like, it's time. You could share cases. Like, you could, you could talk in videos. You could do whatever you want. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I can hold that. I mean, Ricky, this is like less than three years ago. Like, this was – yeah, and amazing. I just was like, you know what? All right, I'll do it. I, you know, I got on Facebook. I got on Instagram. I started to get active. And then instantly, I started to feel the power of it you know, and I started to um, use it as a really awesome creative outlet. Like the first thing I did was I started to do these videos called the endophiles. So that was sort of my big breakout because I had thought about doing videos on YouTube, like little, little tidbits here and there, like tips and tricks. And, you know, just like many that are listening to this, you could appreciate, I just had the idea, but I didn't have the follow through. It was fear. It was, you know, you think of a million different reasons you can talk. Uh, Mel Robbins, she has a great book called The Five Second Rule. Highly recommend it. And she says you could talk yourself out of anything in five seconds, you know. And so I had a habit of doing that for a lot of good ideas, but – This time I didn't, I actually followed through. And I remember when I pressed send and sent the first one out and got a response from a colleague, actually that you know very well, Gary Glassman, you know, Toronto figure, a big big figure, wherever he is. Um, And he reached out, he's like, Hey Brett, this is a great idea. I love this. And I was like, it was literally like 30 seconds after I pressed send. And so when you start to get some validation and people start to dig it, it's really exciting because as dentists, although we can be creative in certain ways clinically this is like a really cool creative outlet. And if you like to teach, then it gives you a lot of opportunity. So I just kept going with it and I started to, you know, build some more following and I started to get more creative, like doing the interviews. Um, You know, it's just been that professional outlet for me. Now what I could never have dreamed is the relationships that I've built. I mean, just truly special, special relationships with special people I'm almost like I've rebuilt my tribe, you know, around the social media contacts. And so uh, incredibly powerful. I think it's it's an amazing way to bring the world together, whether it's, you know, within a friend group, whether it's within a professional group, whether it's in a special interest group, like just basically you are in touch in a very intimate way with so many human beings. And I'm truly in awe of social media. I mean, I know there's some negatives, but I don't look at those. I look at the incredible power of it to bring people together.
0: I agree. And, and you're just a natural. If, if you guys haven't followed Dr. Brett Gilbert, what's the, what's your handle exactly? Is it, it's Dr. Brett Gilbert, right? Yeah. Just Dr. Brett Brett Gilbert
1: across all the media. I'm just Dr. Brett Gilbert.
0: Yeah. If you haven't seen him, he's an absolute natural. He, he does some awesome stories and lives and you always have your, your smile on and you just have the voice for it too. So I think maybe you could have done something other than endo, maybe you became a announcer or uh, some sort of lecture or something.
1: I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm still shooting, man. I'm, I'm not, I'm not complacent at all. So, but to be honest, I do envision some career in media as part of my life going forward, you know, so I'm open to it. And yeah, I just feel like I, I would really enjoy that because I really enjoy sharing with people and, you know, however my means of communication is, it's it's effective. And most importantly, I, I feel like it's important when you can be yourself, like all of us, all humans, when you can just be whoever that is, literally whatever and whoever that is that you genuinely are, when you are that, it instantly, even subliminally, you know, even through an energy wave, it gives others permission to also be themselves, And it's something that you it just, it's like an innate ability to sense that, yes, this is an authentic human being in front of me. And because of that, I can be myself. So it's the simplest thing. But I think that, you know, with a lot of what I've been, how I've been growing, and I, I work really hard just literally every day to just continue to grow and get better and learn more and figure out this crazy thing called being a human. And the more I do it, the more I feel that I am effective with other people. And so I want to continue to give other people permission to just be, be you, you know, just, just be you. And I, and I sense that about you, Ricky. I mean, I know you're, just breaking into your career and I know that, you know, that transition from school and then you're also an entrepreneur and you guys have done an amazing job with your, with your platform, Dennis to be, and now you're a clinician and then now you've been put on the shelf with COVID to some degree. Uh, but I do sense from you also just a very authentic like presence and being. And so I acknowledge you for that as well, man.
0: I appreciate it. And another question, uh, with regards to social media, do you have like a clear vision, or are you kind of just having fun with it? because I know for me personally it started out kind of in dental school and I was just posting dental things and I know some some clinicians will kind of cater it towards patients and some will cater it towards colleagues. I feel like you're more on the colleague side and and you're going that way, but what's what's your vision for it or you are you just kind of enjoying it right now
1: no i'm actually I'm actually in the process of cultivating. What I do because i I find that I have like a, a wide range of audience because of some of the things I talk about. And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I talk a, a good bit about mindset and you know just the, these basic things to help people sort of have like some light bulb moments about life, you know about you know, don't forget to breathe, you know um, you know, how to manage stress. I've talked about suicide. I've, I've branched out of dentistries per se. But then I also want to always come back and keep it, keep some clinical in there. And I, I want to promote Access Endo because I feel like it's an awesome service and it's a, it's a business that I'm growing. And then I also want to include some of my personal stuff and having stuff with my kids. And I love to do service, so I like to include that. So I, I, I sort of just do it on feel, but I try to put little bits in each bucket you know, over the course of a week or a couple of weeks. But in general, I really just go off my intuition. Like I'll wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I have this idea for a video. Unfortunately, I'm able to produce it. Like I can turn the camera on and just do it. And that's it. Like I don't have to do it like five or six times. So that makes it easy to feel confident that I can create content as I need it. So, um, but I, I would like to learn more about cultivating more of a strategy. And you know, Mm -hmm. making it maybe a little more automated so that it it is a burden in a lot of ways, you know, from a time perspective. Sometimes it can be very stressful. I like to be really consistent with it. So if if I were to miss a day, I would, you know, I wouldn't like that. So trying to create content every single day, it's a lot. And and so, but in general, I find it to be, as I mentioned before, an incredible creative outlet. And some things stick and some things don't, and that's okay. It's a lot of experimentation.
0: Exactly. And that's, I think that's what people appreciate when I appreciate is you're all when you look at social media, people are posting these amazing cases and you kind of get, uh, you kind of feel like you're not doing enough. And I know we were supposed to do this podcast last week, but you just, you just felt like you didn't, you weren't in the right mindset and you wanted to give it your all because you had, you had other things. You're, you have a family, you do all. All these things that we mentioned, which is which, I don't know how you find the time to do it, is amazing. But I just appreciated that authenticity of of just being real and saying, you know what, um, I just let's let's do it next week because there's so much going on, and I'd rather give it 100. percent So,
1: yeah, the, the highlight reel of social media is a big one, and and I think it's important that everyone realize that you're going to be more effective just being yourself Uh, but getting back to last week so i think we should we should talk about that you know you do find yourself especially myself i i have gotten into a habit where i i like want to maximize the most out of every day of my life i i i really am conscious of the finite sort of time of life and it's it's i'm less scared of it now ricky than i used to be i think i used to feel more scared like you know afraid of dying and and all these things. But now I look at it differently. I just sort of like grab a hold of each day's opportunity and how I can connect with people. But a lot of times that that means that I will try to put so much in a day. And some days that works. It happened to be that last week I went through a sort of a transformation in a way. I was taking on, I had uh, the weekend before I did this two-day virtual conference. It was really cool. It was like they had a lot of energy healers. There's like a lot of different topics on yoga, uh, on a lot of different things. I was asked to speak on mindset. And so coming out of, yeah, coming out of that, I had like this, I started to learn a, a little bit more about energy and about Reiki healing. And I was like really like feeling it, like I was spiritually... like i was coming out a little bit more and then i had a you know a real hard long week of patience and then i had committed to a yoga retreat virtually over friday saturday sunday and we i told you i said oh i've got like an hour on saturday let's do it ricky and come friday night i was you know after we started the yoga retreat and they asked us to take a vow of a hundred percent honesty for the weekend so that's what happened so i'm sitting in the yoga thing they're, he's like I really want you to take about and this by the way was hosted by the dental yogis. I don't know if you guys follow them but please do. They're like family to me. They are incredible incredible inspirations in dentistry. And so after the thing, I said 100% honesty. I said, you know what? If I'm being 100% honest, I don't think I have a podcast in me after tomorrow morning's yoga session. So I texted Ricky and I was like, "Hey man, I'm just going to be straight up with you like I'm just I'm just beat. And I, I, I just don't know if I have it. And I'm so glad I did that because I was so excited about getting to you this morning. You know, it's like, sometimes you just have to trust your intuition and I appreciate that you respected that. I knew you would. Um, it obviously can be disappointing when you have an expectation it's not met, but I think it's good. It's good advice for myself and for everyone to say, you know what, if you're just honest and authentic it comes off in such a beautiful way. And then maybe Ricky then down the road, you'd have a similar situation and be like, well, you know what? I feel like, I I don't know if I can do this tomorrow. And it would again, give you permission to say, Hey, it's no big deal. Brett did it that one time and I appreciated it. I'm going to do the same. So it's really just about if we just stop playing games and just be authentic and genuine, everyone in the world would be a much, much better place.
0: (laughs) We're all human at the end of the day. No one's a superhuman or anything. Um mm-hmm. all right let's uh let's talk about uh Access Endo. So I don't know if you guys have heard but uh Dr. Brett Gilbert he's created this amazing platform for um to educate people on endodontics. I think it caters to pretty much anyone of of any experience. Uh you could if you could find it useful as a dental student, you could find being 20 years out as a as a general practitioner. I've got the privilege to actually Use it, and it's it's been amazing. You get your CE credits, but you also get all these. um, I think what was amazing about it is because it takes you through step by step the process of endodontics. So you start with the basic, and then you slowly get into these live cases that you actually you perform. Um, And so, I I think it was it was such a good platform, and and it's the the cool thing is it's not just limited to endodontics. You have a lot about well being and mindset and yoga. And so I think people should. So you should definitely check it out. So it's, what's the website is. Okay. And we'll put it on the show notes as well, so that people can have a link to click on. Um, Let's talk a little more about that. What's, when did you start this? What, what was the vision? Um, What's your goal, I guess, with it?
1: Wow, man. You know, I just get a big smile on my face because I had the idea in 2012 I had lectured in Dubai and it was a great, incredible opportunity. I was just still just less than five years into my lecturing career and I had a chance to go to Dubai and I did a couple of full day courses. I did a a big lecture at the main uh, exhibit and uh, at the main conference was called the AEEDC. But after my full day lecture, where I had maybe 200 dentists from around the world, you know, Europe, uh, North Africa, that's where they draw into Dubai. And after the lecture, the whole day we were there, I had about 50 doctors in a line to ask me questions and I said, well, why don't, why doesn't everyone just come around in a circle and then I'm sure everyone's questions will resonate with everyone and we stood there for a couple more hours and I always tell the story because I was wearing a gray suit and when I got back to my hotel room, I literally was, I had sweat through my entire suit because I had given it everything I had and I told my wife, I'm like, these doctors are so thirsty for endo knowledge really there needs to be education online so that people can access it like whenever and wherever they want well that was 2012 so it's pretty great idea but i didn't didn't do it you know I, i i don't have the time i don't have the resources who will listen to it you know you start to talk yourself out of it and as i started to embark on my own personal growth journey which is a whole nother story but that started just in late 2018 I started to have the idea that, you know what, this is really my vision. Like I want to create an online on demand, high quality education resource, because it's not possible for all dentists around the world to go to these big meetings. They're very expensive. There's travel. Um, It's just not realistic. And in other ways, some, some doctors don't like going to meetings. They, they're more, you know, would rather be in their own environment, but yet every doctor needs the education and i started to think more more globally about people in general like i think about a dad with like two daughters like i have and the daughter has a terrible infection in her tooth and now because of that the only option is to remove the tooth because in that country or culture that's all they can do and i think well what if we could educate the local dentist to actually perform some root canal treatment based on an online platform and so The mission really is to help people. So then the mission becomes to do that. I have to help the doctors. And then I started to, as I was embarking on my personal growth, which was sort of the impetus to sort of get out of just the idea phase and get into the creation phase. I was learning myself so much about personal growth and development, and it was helping me grow and it was helping me heal. And it was helping me to really stand in my own power that I thought, well, wait a minute. This isn't just about endodontics. It's about creating an opportunity for doctors to become the best person they can be. Because if you're the best person you can be, you're going to be a much better doctor. So that's where Access Endo was born. It's in-depth. Um, the the best teaching I can give in endodontics, and then also collaborating with experts from around the world, not only on endo, but coaches on personal growth, on self love, on self care, on how to eat right, on on how to exercise right. Um, I've got uh, so many different um, opportunities for a doctor to really become. Uh, a stronger, you know, more well-sustained type of individual that's going to create better relationships, first and foremost, with yourself, then with your, your immediate family and spouse and kids. And then that reaches into your team, into your patients. And what you want to be as a dentist is that, look, we, we all clinically can get the job done. But what you really want is you want people to leave your office and just feel great, like just that they were in your energy space. And I think that Access Endo does that, the other side of it was, could I, would I be able to offer CE? And initially, Ricky, like when you joined even, I wasn't, I didn't have the CE yet, but I applied. That was a whole nother thing. You know, getting CE as a CE provider is not easy. And I just said, you know what, whatever it takes. And I dug in and it took a long time, but now I can offer PACE AGD CE credit. And after the next upload, Ricky, I'm going to have like 42 CE credits available on access endo. And it's all for just, you know, it's a monthly membership. So if you join for a month and you're diligent, you could get all 42 CE credits in a month and, and, and that's it. But we're adding courses all the time, bringing in incredible experts from around the world. And, um, and to me, it's just, it's part service project. It's start, it's part business and entrepreneurship. Uh, But in general, for me, it's like the embodiment of a dream that I literally got out of my head and created. And it changed me forever, having been able to actually pull it off.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. I think, um, I don't know how you've done it by yourself, but just, yeah, taking out all the financial aspect out of it and all that, just creating a platform for someone um, that you're very passionate about is is such a rewarding feeling. It's such a gratifying experience because it doesn't matter how successful it is, you know, you've put in this much work and I salute you for doing it alone because when we did it in dental school for our platform, um, I think we really means that really relied on each other. Um, just sometimes, some days you just wake up and you don't feel like doing, or you feel like you hit a roadblock and you're like, why am I doing this? I should be focusing on school or work or whatever it may be. Um, but I think, uh, just pushing through and, and actually committing to something is, is the, this is the best feeling ever. And, and finally releasing that product is, and it was hilarious because we literally released it on the, within the same week, I think our, our platforms, it was such a coincidence. It was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think also that was why when we first spoke, we were so drawn to one another because we had literally just gone through that whole process. And, you know, you and Zayat being able to keep each other accountable, I'm sure was helpful, but I was blown away. That you could accomplish that while in dental school you know so that's a whole nother layer and element to it Um, It was so impressive, but there was a lot of synchronicity between our two sites. And that's why it's been so great to partner with your site. And I think what you guys have done is amazing. And I know that, you know, you've asked me for some cases over time and that's something I'd like to continue to contribute to, but yeah, to create something uh, like this is, is truly an achievement for the lifetime, you know, that you could actually do. And like you said, whether it's successful in, in whatever ways you've dreamed is a whole nother thing to me. The day I launched it was such a personal victory and mm-hmm. it also felt like a victory in service for others that I just will simply never forget it. And um, it's, a, it's now a different phase right as you grow the site and you continue to improve it and try to make it better. And um, the quarantine time has been really great for that because I've been able to put so much heart and soul back into it and, and create a lot more content. I've, I've probably added like 12 or 15 hours of content uh, over this quarantine period. And so that also is a great feeling. So it's sort of like wherever you are, like whatever life brings you, whatever you're doing, it doesn't mean that you can't continue to find ways to grow and be productive. And so that was sort of a, the gift of it giving back to me Access Endo was when this all happened and I knew my hours were going to be reduced and I wasn't going to be seeing as many patients, but I knew now I had an opportunity to breathe life, more life into Access Endo. And by doing that, it it put life into me, right? It's It goes both ways. Yeah.
0: I agree so i guess for anyone listening out there if you have an idea or if there's something that you've always wanted to do uh i think we're both resonating that you should definitely just go and do it what's the worst that can happen um you give up after a couple days or whatnot but at least at least you gave it a shot and you'd be surprised at how far uh you're willing to take yourself about something you're passionate about so i i salute you for that and i Again, recommend the product, It's uh, the platform. It's amazing, especially as a new dentist. But I think it can can help anyone of any experience. Um, The videos are so well laid out. They're super professional. Like you have this amazing cinematography and the content is amazing. Uh, Some of the CE that you watch are like an hour or two, but most of them are short. So you can kind of stop at one place and hop back on the next day or something. So that's what I, I really like about it. Um, and yeah, we've, we've partnered up and so we have a discount code on our website, but you've also, you still have the student special.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I created a more of like a, what I call a student bundle. So I've taken the really foundational pieces of the endo instruction. You know, like I said, there's over 40 hours of content. So this is probably pared down more to like 10 hours. And so, whereas normally if you're a dentist and you want to earn CE, then it's a $79 a month membership, but for students it's $10 a month. Now you don't get CE, but you don't need CE. And um, it's been a big hit so far. I've been really thrilled. I've got a great group of students from around the world. And so um, if you're a student, you know, you can jump on there for $10 a month and really... Sort of enrich the endo education that you're getting. I know there's a lot of variance in the in the quality and the and the amount of endo that you get in dental school, but whatever you're getting wherever you are, it's not enough. It's not even close. Yeah. And so this is a great way to sort of enrich that. Um, and the other thing I would say, based on what you were saying, Ricky, is you know about people having good ideas. You know, I did a a lot of personal growth and I did some transformation and emotional intelligence training. And they always say, you know, graveyards are full of amazing ideas. So don't, don't let them go. (laughs) Don't let them go with you. You know, everyone's always had ideas, but very few have acted on them. And that's what Ricky, you know, Zayad did. And that's what I did. And if you have an idea, just take one actionable step. That's all it takes. The first actionable step will lead to the second, to the third, Next thing you know, you're launching it and making a new body like me and Ricky were able to do. It's
0: been awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Just run with it. I, um, I've um, i always had this idea of uh, having like a, I don't know if you've read about calisthenics. It's like a, it's body weight training essentially. So they do a lot of um, training with rings and whatnot. And I just went on a binge a couple of days ago on Amazon and bought a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to convert my uh, parents' garage into a little home gym. So have an idea whatever whatever it may be it doesn't have to be a business it could be just maybe learning an instrument or something just go with it and and it can take you a lot of places so uh, you learn something new you learn something new and that's one that's one extra thing that you can connect with it opens up relationships and experiences so um definitely definitely do it and definitely check check out uh access endo ten dollars is an amazing deal that's cheaper than a foot long at subway so that's that's and i I always tell students (laughs) um we me and my friends we always try to get ce outside of school Uh, i know some schools aren't too fond of it of of going outside of your the curriculum and learning stuff outside but you're going to get there eventually and i think there's so much that you can learn out there dental school teaches you pretty much the bare minimum and the basics that's that's what it's meant to be because they can only teach so much in four years so my advice is definitely check out as much ce as you can and especially as students because there's so many bundles out there for for students um, so that's my advice
1: and, and you've lived that because i i remember seeing your post where you had reached out to someone it was like an implant course or something and you reached out and they invited you to come out there yeah like, it was amazing that, it yeah so i'm you, you're a go-getter like rick you're a leader and and what you're saying to students is important because as you get out you'll start to hear Dennis have a lot of opinions about dental education and look i'm i teach at university of illinois chicago i mean dental educators it's it's such a a beautiful thing but there there are limitations and there are cultural um you know roadblocks that that faculty have and they have to answer to a lot of people and so once you step out of the doors you are fully responsible for your own education. And if that means that you start it before you step out the doors like Ricky did, that's incredible because number one, you're going to get some high value education. Probably you're not going to have to pay very much if anything for it because people always appreciate how difficult it is to be a student. So, and you make some great contacts. So I I commend you. And it's another example of you going for things. And I think that that's a big part of the human condition is our, our reluctance to go for it. Uh, out of fear of failure or rejection or what have you. But man, on the other side of fear is freedom. And when you do something like you did and make that connection, who, who was the doctor? Let's acknowledge him. So it was
0: Dr. Alex Hipschenko. He's He's a prominent, uh, pretty much, he specializes in implants essentially. And that's what his practice is mostly limited to. He's an awesome, awesome fellow. Um, yeah, I just reached out to him. I was like, can I come shadow? I'm interested in implants. And he brought me out to his four day residency course. And I actually ended up sitting beside the founder and inventor of, uh, of Strom and BLX and uh, Nobel Biocare, uh, Ophir Fromovich, which was, that was wow. that was amazing because I had no clue who he was and I was just ch- chatting with him and asking him uh, about whether he would placed implants and whatnot just to start up a chat. And turns out he's uh,
1: LeBron James of, uh, of implant dentistry. <laughs> See and all that because you you had the you know the wherewithal to just ask you know to just try to get some mentorship and that's that's something else we probably could talk a whole another episode on mentorship but. Um, in life, we are mentors and we are mentees and we're doing that simultaneously throughout our lives. You know, there are people that are mentors of mine and then there are people that I mentor. And so the mentorship relationships often require one person reaching out to the other and saying, hey, you seem like someone who could really help me and I respect you. And sometimes that's such a gift to give to someone who can mentor you back because mentoring is giving and giving is a huge part of the human condition. So when you ask someone to mentor you, you're really gifting them the ability for them to give back to you. And then you gift to them by receiving it. That then makes them feel amazing. So the long and short of it is, is don't be afraid to seek out and ask for mentorship. It's an incredible part of having a successful life.
0: I agree, and there's not many, I mean, people always say the worst that could happen is someone will say no or just kind of deny you. But honestly, I've I've reached out to a whole bunch of people and I've yet to experience that. And even, even if it does happen, um, that's probably someone that you don't really want to, I guess, learn from or or they don't they're not passionate about, I guess, mentoring or teaching, which is completely fine. Not everyone is. But our experiences have been awesome. And and before we, I guess, the reason why me and Ziad actually uh, started Dentist B was because, again, we we went to this uh, external C outside of school, and it was. I think it was, his name was uh, Dr. Simon McDonald. He was the inventor of the V3 matrix ring. Um, And so we got to, he was talking about how he kind of went through the process of of inventing it. And, and that was an amazing experience because that kind of propelled us to say, you know what, why don't we try what our, what our ambition and our vision is. Um, So you, you meet all these amazing people, got to meet you. And I know you're going to become famous. So remember us when you're famous,
1: <laughs> and whatever that, whatever that means, we're, we're all on the journey, but I, I, I do know this. I know that like what you're describing, um, having been at that course and having this person who, you know, got over his own hump and invented this thing. And what it did was it inspired you guys. And so my vision is if if I can inspire anyone, that's, that's everything. And if if you do something and you inspire one person, that's literally incredible. If it winds up being a hundred or a thousand or a million or a hundred million or a billion, even better. So my focus is on, you know, using my life as an example for others. And, you know, I'm 45, Ricky, I just turned 45. And I mean, I've like, Reached a, different, yeah, reached a different stage, reached a different stage. Oh, thanks, bro. Uh, <laughs> just uh, in the last couple years, like uh, most of my life was controlled by fear. And a lot of yeah. what we're describing of someone not wanting to, you know, pull through and, and invent something or do something. And I found that fear was holding me back and, and probably a lot of people can resonate with that. And so the, the, the inspiration for me to give to others is just don't live like that. Like, you know, don't be fearful. Like it's not worth it. Life is finite. We don't know how long we have to live. In fear is simply taking away the joy of living. And I've been able to to tap into joy. Um, and man, it's the best. I agree.
0: That's truer words couldn't have been said. That's so true. Um, yeah, and I guess that kind of takes us into like uh, to is you're huge on yoga and well being and mindset. Um, So I guess first off, what's your, what's your daily routine? Because we were just talking before this and you mentioned that you were uh, doing your morning yoga and meditation and, and then you got stopped by your daughter's to, for a breakfast. (laughs) So I don't know how you, how you do all this, but what's your, do you have that daily routine or is it you kind of, yeah?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is so, so I, when I got first got into personal growth and development, I started to realize that the most successful people in the world are like more than happy to share why they're successful or how they did it. And a, a resonating theme in all of them mm-hmm. is a really strong morning routine. That That is a common thread between people that have either been, you know, okay successful or massively successful. So I started thinking, well, my morning routine was weak, you know? And so I started to implement a morning routine and it started with doing yoga. And yoga has been an incredible thing for my body, for my mind, I've been doing it pretty much almost every day since late 2018. And yoga is an incredible practice. There's there's a reason it's been around you know for thousands and thousands of years. So I wake up, I do a breathing technique called Wim Hof. Um, many of you may have heard of it. Uh, it's a person's he's, name. He's amazing. Yeah, the, he's an the, animal. Nice man. <laughs> so so I'll do this breathing technique. Then I get out of bed. I make my bed every day, which I didn't used to do. Um, that's something I learned from Lewis Howes, who's an incredible podcaster. Uh, he has a podcast called The School of Greatness, which was a big jump off point. For my own personal growth. So I make my bed nice and tight. I go downstairs, I'll hop on the treadmill. So one thing is I never look at my phone, my email, my Instagram until my whole morning routine is done. So I wake up on a normal before COVID when we had normal patient schedule, I'm up at five Mm -hmm. with leaving the house about 715. So I have about a two hour period that this is my time. This is devoted to me and my self care. So I'll do a little uh, warm up on the treadmill. I'll do a little stretching. Uh, there's some, some joint exercises I do to loosen my joints. Then I do yoga. Then I meditate. Then I take a shower, which ends with ice cold. And if you haven't done it, do it.
0: A, Put your feet in
1: first, then your legs, then your arms, and then get in there because you literally own the day after taking that. And that's part of the Wim Hof program. Then I journal I do it just sometimes a little longer, sometimes a short. You know what am I grateful for today? What is my intention for today? You know My intention for today, when I wrote it before we started this, was that I wanted to uh, be present in my energy and like explore how I could expand my spiritual energy that 's what i 'm into right now, as i mentioned i 'm learning about Reiki and everything, um, and then I leave for the day, and that 's like a, a really big commitment in time. But see, when you start your day and you know you've invested in yourself, you've taken care of yourself, you've had that meditation. I think I left out the meditation. I yoga, then meditation. Meditation can be five minutes. It could be a half hour. But it's a reset of your body. It's allowing you to drop out of your head, to feel your body and the energy that's coursing through your body. And so these are the tools, Ricky, that I didn't have for the first 43 years of my life. But for the last two have been like a resurrection in life for me. And so although on the outside, you know, when I see old friends, they're like, oh Brett, you've always been like this. And so maybe outwardly, I was able to project what you see now, but inwardly, I was not projecting that. And that's the big distinction that I want people to know. The yoga, the meditation have allowed me to take my energy and my joy, and instead of just giving it to everyone else, I've been able to give it to myself. And that has been the absolute game changer in my life. And so it all starts with that morning routine. It all starts with, and it doesn't have to look the same for everyone. It can be totally different, but just that you devote this time to yourself and that it does involve some sort of, some sort of contemplation like meditation.
0: Yeah, I agree with all those points. Um, Yeah, just reading books and most, most of the successful people are, are morning people. Um, You wake up, no one's around, calm, you get to do your own thing get a good start to the day. Because I mean, if you're a night person, usually what you're doing at night is you're snacking or you're watching some TV or kicking back. So waking up in the morning, you just instantly become more productive. And that's something I've tried to do. It's been difficult to a night person, but I'm slowly trying to get into that. And hopefully I can get to where you are. 5 a.m. Well, once you have,
1: ba- once you have babies, brother, it comes easier like, yeah. because you realize if you don't get up early in the morning, you don't have a shot at anything that pertains to your own personal welfare. So, uh, so enjoy, enjoy the time. But yes, you know, getting up early yeah. is huge and it is a, it is a huge shift in someone's life, but that's really when things take off.
0: I agree. Yeah. And, um, yoga has been quite prominent in the dental community. Just looking at social media, you have you got you, you got the dental yogis, which who you mentioned, who are awesome. They do stuff online all the time. The yogi dentist, um, Dr. Bruce Freeman, who's an orthodontist here in Toronto, he's he's put on a, a few um, yoga kind of sessions online during COVID. So that's been awesome. That's kind of gotten me into it as well. Um, so I'm just trying to, trying to see what, what is yoga to you? Because I know everyone has this, everyone knows the word yoga, but I guess everyone sees it in a different way. And, and is it supposed to be seen in that way? Or is it, um, is it something specific? I guess.
1: Yeah, that's a, uh, you're asking great questions, really great questions. So yoga is to me in the most basic sense, it's putting your body in a position and then allowing yourself to breathe. And when your body's in the position and you're really breathing, it's doing the motion that the body is meant to do. So it's not a matter of what you look like. It's not a matter of even initially how, it, how, how well you can do a certain pose. It's not a competition. Um, I had the advantage of, I be, out of just really necessity, I learned yoga in my basement just doing it from YouTube videos. So I think a lot of the barrier to yoga is that when you have to go to a studio and you're worried about what you look like and you're worried that you don't know the moves, that it becomes a barrier. But when you're doing it just alone in your basement, you start really basic. I mean, there's a million videos. There's a million instructors. If you find one that resonates, you just starting out with like basic yoga or yoga for beginners. That's what I did. And then all of a sudden you start to pick up on it. You start to look, even if you do just a couple moves for five minutes, you literally get up from it and feel the benefits. Like you, you realize that you've just hit a programming button in your body that it wanted you to hit. And so my advice to people is just start small, but commit to it. And just do it every day for a week. And I guarantee you, if you do that, you won't look back because you will feel amazing. And so like this morning, you know, I got up, I did my routine and I did my yoga. And I was, of course, really excited to meet, meet up with Ricky for this podcast. And then I did my meditation. And then when I come out of that meditation, I just am like, you just have sort of a different sense about you. And, and the way I would describe it that makes it beneficial is, in my mind, that becomes your baseline for the rest of the day. So when something crazy happens at work, instead of having like this violent reaction out of like, oh, and I can't believe this happened, it's like immediately you slip the other way and you wind up deferring back to your baseline, which was your breathing and your meditation and your calmness. And now all of a sudden you're, you're processing things on a different level. So if for no other reason, I would recommend meditating because then your baseline for your entire day is from a space of calmness and peace. And now the way that you react, the way that you think about things, the way you problem solve, the way you can contribute to others is on a whole nother level. And that is one of the biggest differences for me from incorporating these practices. And, and to me, it's a gift. And especially in dentistry, it's so hard. There's so many things that happen in a day that if you're starting from a place of volatility, you're it's going to be a rough day. If you're starting from a place of calmness and serenity, it makes things a lot more tolerable.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's, it kind of just sets a tone for the day. And that's kind of what I've noticed um, just in the few days that I've done it it sets you in a different headspace and it's not just a physical i know some people try and push it and some people you don't have to because i guess yoga is whatever you want it to be um it puts you in that that awesome headspace for the rest of the day and that's i think a huge huge factor um in having a productive day um so yeah i guess uh this has been awesome we've, we've kind of gone on for about an hour <laughs> we could go on forever i not even dived into endo yet Man, I'm a dangerous we'll- guest. I'm
1: a dangerous <laughs> guest because I just keep going going. But let's uh, let's do another one and break into endo or whatever you want. And, you know, if you want to no break this up into two, into two episodes now. But um, I've really no, appreciated the opportunity, man. And I just love getting to know you better. And um, and just, you know, the the idea is that I think we need to mentor young Dennis because it's a tough road. It's a tougher, it's a, it's a great road, but it's a tough one. And so we need to be supporting each other. And I think these podcasts, especially with the focus on, you know, younger dentists and students is so, so important. And so Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for the opportunity.
0: No, thank you. Um, Well, we'll do a quick, uh, Omid, uh, our uh, uh, co-host of uh, Newbie Dentist. He likes to do this a lot. So this is taking it from him, but it's a kind of a rapid fire question period. So we'll do a couple of questions. Uh, what's your favorite tooth to treat?
1: Number eight.
0: Number eight. What's what's uh, I'm trying to think. Is that a one, one. Yeah, okay. one? One one. <laughs> <laughs> nice and easy. That's probably. Yeah. Mine too. <laughs> um, if you had to specialize in a different specialty, what would it be?
1: Probably oral surgery.
0: Oral surgery. Awesome. Um, yeah.
1: I, I only because it's such sorry. It's not that's not rapid fire. Go for it. That's no, it's oral
0: OK. That's OK. Um, favorite sports team. Baltimore Ravens Baltimore Ravens okay nice I like that um dream car do you have a dream car or a dream watch or something like that dream car would
1: be probably like a Jaguar convertible love it that's mine too Jaguar (laughs) f-type really that's what I
0: that's I'm I'm gunning for that that's uh that's my gift for myself I hope in the future Uh, so that's been it's been awesome Uh, I think people are going to find amazing value in this um we've had such a good talk. Um I appreciate you coming on. Uh this was my first podcast as host and you made it a lot easier just because you're such a natural. So it's it's been awesome. Um and yeah, we'll we'll take uh I'll take you back on that offer of of doing one in the future and we'll focus maybe more on the clinical aspect of endodontics and um and we'll go from there. So hope you have a wonderful day. Stay safe out there. And I guess enjoy some time with the family as well, because I know we've taken a a bit of your time.
1: All good, man. It's great being with you. And um, if anyone has any questions, you know, reach out to me and uh, look forward to episode two, brother. I'm excited. Thank you so much, Brett.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Mastering Dentistry series on the Newbie Dentist Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow us. All relevant links are in the podcast description. See you next time.